people are still coming in. As you know, I like to invite you to come down as close as you can so that we make a nice, intimate little classroom here. And you can always go back to assigned seats when we've finished our program. So now an official good evening. I'm Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. I'm delighted to be here with you again in the War Memorial Opera House in San Francisco to welcome you to the first program of San Francisco Ballet's new repertory season. We are celebrating our 82nd repertory season. We have a number of significant anniversaries this year. Among them is the fact that this is Helgi Thomason's 30th anniversary season, which is a pretty exciting thing, pretty, um, pretty spectacular in the dance world to have a 30-year tenure for an artistic director. I want to welcome you to this evening's Meet the Artist interview. This is Friday, January 30th, 2015. Um, as many of you know, these programs are recorded for podcasting, and um, we would encourage you to go to our website where you can find past interviews and where you can catch the ones that you missed and maybe review one that you enjoyed, want to um, find a fact that you thought you had forgotten. So do go to San Francisco Ballet's website, sfballet.org. As you know, also, the Center for Dance Education produces any number of really interesting and <clears throat> innovative programming, of course, for children here in the Opera House, as well as out in the community. And our adult programming includes these interviews. They include the points of view programs, which occur throughout the season on Wednesdays. They are now being held here in the Opera House at 6 p.m and they are free and open to the public, whether you are ticketed or not for that performance. <clears throat> the Meet the Artist interviews this season are Friday nights, as you know, and Sunday matinees, and those are open to ticket holders. Um, trying to remember if, I, oh, I know, I have a very interesting piece of housekeeping that I would like to encourage you to explore. Some of you may have already discovered <clears throat> the, um, for many years, the ballet fans have been wanting to purchase a keepsake book or photos and celebrate the dancers in the company that you love so much. And the lookbook is now produced. It's a souvenir collector's item featuring gorgeous full-color images of our dancers photographed exclusively by our company photographer, Eric Thomason. And you know his pictures are gorgeous. It also includes some interesting articles and photos of the artists at work in the studio and on the stage. That's going to be my segue, introducing my guest for this evening. It's always a pleasure to take these Meet the Artist interviews literally, and this is our opportunity to meet a new artist with San Francisco Ballet. So we are now eager to be in conversation. This is Joseph Walsh, a new principal dancer with San Francisco Ballet. Hi, everybody. Welcome, Joseph. <coughs> what made that a segue? 
is that this new lookbook is on sale in the shop, the boutique, up on the box level, and Joseph has graciously consented to go trotting up there right after our program finishes, and he will sign your copy. And I know you'll want to pick up your copy and begin collecting signatures. We're going to try and have a number of opportunities for the dancers to do this for you. And so there you will be. Yeah, I mean, so. I'll, I'll be uh, the first that you guys have never met, and you can get my autograph if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So, um, launching into um, really getting, getting to know you a little bit, Joseph, you entered the company. We know you came, if we've read our program notes, from the Houston Ballet. And um, you came last summer as a soloist, and lo and behold, you're now a principal. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, that was a fast track. <laughs> so, uh, what I want you to do is tell us, in your own words, um, how did, where did you train, and how did you get from there to Houston, and from Houston to here? So, um, I was born in Pennsylvania. Be sure you lift this up. A little bit up. more. Um, I was born in Pennsylvania, and I uh, Grew up along the East Coast. Um, started dancing when I was three years old. Uh, I mean, pretty seriously. Uh, <laughs> I was like an elf in the Nutcracker. Um, moved around some like presence on stage, but the Nutcracker is kind of the American way to start dancing, I find. Um, but. Then I moved uh, through Connecticut and into Massachusetts, and I trained uh, at Walnut Hill School for the Performing Arts for uh, like six or seven years in the academy, and then, or I don't really know the years, but uh, for some years in the academy, and then I moved right into the high school. Um, and so the high school is like a four-year program with five different arts majors. I grew up uh, surrounded by other artists in other forms, and I feel like that was, like, had a pretty uh, strong, I don't know, influence on me. Mm -hmm. That almost sounds like um, the more European model of the state school, where um, aspiring artists get all of the disciplines in their training, and um, I'm not that familiar with Walnut Hill. Exactly where is it's, uh, it's about like 20 minutes outside of Boston. Oh, it is. So it's in Natick, Massachusetts. <clears throat> Good old Natick. <laughs> so um, then that you combined your dance training with schooling, academic schooling. Uh, yeah, it was like we would start the morning with um, some classes at school, and then at around 2 o'clock in the afternoon, everyone would switch and go to their arts classes until sometimes like 10 o'clock at night, and then you just go back to the dorm room and uh, do your homework and hang out with your friends and talk about the day, and it was just like a super amazing experience. Mm. Um, most young and aspiring dance students in this day and age begin shopping for companies, it's my experience, going to summer intensives. So did you branch out from Walnut um, Hill at that point? Yeah, I mean, every year while I was at Walnut Hill, I would go to a different summer program. So I would either go to New York um, to go to the ABT summer program. Did that for like three years. And I also went to Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet, 
which I know a lot of dancers in this company are, are trained at, and I knew them that summer that I went, and it's actually pretty crazy how many people you will meet in those just six-week programs, and then you run into them around the world, and it's a very small world. So you meandered your way to Houston. So then one of those summer programs ended up being Houston Ballet, and it was in my senior year of high school, kind of transitioning from uh, figuring out if I wanted to go to a school for dance and major in dance or go to a professional company. And I auditioned for Houston Ballet, the company, uh, uh, in New York at like a big cattle call um, successfully I guess I mean I was offered a position in the second company through that audition um, and the same day I think we were at the airport with I was, I was with my parents and uh, we got a call and it was from IU and uh, Indiana University had offered me like a full scholarship that day for four years, and so it was like, okay, what am I gonna do? And basically I just chose Houston, and I knew that it wasn't necessarily the safest bet, but it seemed like the best bet for becoming like a better artist, I guess. Well, that, that challenge exists for all young dancers, is do I jump right into a company environment, or do I spend a little more time in the slightly more protective environment of academics and school. But, um, so, Houston Ballet, and you've had a fairly respectable career there. Yeah, I mean, I, I was there from 2007 until this past um, June, and I started in the school by the end of the year, uh, in like that May, I had already been asked to join the company and was needed to do some, one of Stan, uh, Stanton Welch's works. Uh, in that last program of the season. So it was kind of just like shot out of canon. And I started as like an apprentice for like a month and then they transitioned to me into the core. And I was promoted in 2009 to a soloist and then 2012 or I think 12 to Eight. principal. <laughs> to principal. Yeah. So it's always an interesting question how dancers migrate around from company to company and around the world. San Francisco Ballet has dancers who have spent most of their career here and dancers who have come here from other companies. Do you care to share your story with us? How did you decide to make the move west? Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't an easy decision by any means. I mean, I have, you know, I, had, I literally have family in Houston and I also uh, grew to have a family within the company and, mm -hmm. and really like, love every dancer there and and uh, basically I gave myself um, two years as a principal and I said if after two years you still want to try and go somewhere then you have to do it after two years yeah. because uh, there's just like a certain turning point that I felt coming like that if I didn't do it last year I probably just would have stayed for the rest yeah. of my career and been very happy but um, I just wanted to try something different and see how it went. Well, we're delighted that you're here, and we've had the opportunity to see you. If any of you managed to get to Paris last summer, you performed there, as I understand it. 
Uh, yeah, I was so lucky was... enough. Lucky enough to join the two weeks before the entire company went to Paris for four weeks, <laughs> um, and was thrown into. I mean, I, I came in knowing Helgi had told me that he wanted me to do two parts, uh, one solo by Hans von Manen, which I was able to perform at Yerba Buena earlier in the year, um, and also uh, like the symphony in C, like high kicking guy that comes out for like two seconds in the gala. Like I was just going to do those two things, and then. I got here and it changed, everything changed. <laughs> um, I, I basically ended up going to Paris and performing in nine different pieces and it was like a shot out of a cannon again. <laughs> and for those of you who haven't been following the story of the trip to Paris, uh, it was an extraordinary experience for the company <clears throat> to go to the festival there that they had inaugurated 10 years ago. And they, you performed, was it 18 different ballets. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I may be getting some of my numbers mixed up. But, I think it but was 18 or, and then like a few more because of the gala, so it mm -hmm. might have been like 20 altogether. Right, there was a gala, so there would have been little set pieces plus the 18 works, and they rotated different pieces on different programs, so there was that never, wasn't... Yeah, there, yeah, was, there was never, never a night that was the same. Yeah, no two nights were the same program. And every time I read about it, I just thought, this is nuts. Yeah. And apparently the reviews were great. So yeah. it was very successful. I mean, it was, it was definitely a life-changing kind of experience because I know that that's also how this season in the city works, but um, it was kind of like a truncated, like, crazy version that um, I just was so blown away by, like, how the dancers are able to kind of, like, order their days out, and um, there's so much organization that you have to actually uh, prepare ahead of time in order to like accomplish that physically. It's just, let alone mentally and remembering the steps and all that stuff, but physically to get through that, it's, it's like a big challenge. But it's, uh, you know, the, the environment here is conducive to that kind of work, and I think that the dancers um, benefit on stage from the kind of environment that we have here. Do I hear you saying that the San Francisco Ballet environment is a little more intense than what you were accustomed to? I mean, it's, it's intense in a completely different uh, way. In Houston, it was like rehearsing on one or four, like, you know, like three things for like six weeks straight mm -hmm. and like really delving into those things. And then like sometimes when you get on stage, you'd feel a little bit worn down by it. Um, and here it's kind of not the opposite, but a little bit the opposite of like, you're like getting on stage and you're like, okay, I think I remember this, let's, let's go. <laughs> um, but it, it makes for spontane, uh, like spontaneity and uh, I think it's more exciting for the audience, mm. honestly. For those of you that came in after we started, I'm in conversation with principal dancer Joseph Walsh, who is enjoying, I'm hoping, his first season with San Francisco Ballet. Um, <laughs> the, um, I should have prepared you a little bit in advance. We do want you to feel free to ask some questions. And in just a few minutes, we'll open it up for you to ask questions of Joseph. And, um, but while you're thinking about those things, I wanted you to reflect a little bit because we are just getting acquainted with you. The kinds of roles that you are, 
let me phrase this, the kinds of roles you like to do, the kinds of roles that you find yourself doing, dancers tend to be um, lyrical dancers or allegro dancers or dramatic dancers or modern dancers or all of the above. What kind of a dancer do you think of yourself? I mean, we all like to think that we're all of the above, but uh, casting will prove otherwise. <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, I really enjoy being challenged in certain ways, like uh, fast movement is usually challenging in terms of stamina, um, like the vertiginous thrill of exactitude, that's like one that uh, is like uh, famously too intense, basically. Like, you, you feel, you can't feel your arms at the end of the piece, you, you feel like you've just been hit by a train, and then you're like, let's do it again. <laughs> um, and so that's really like a, a thrill, and in a piece like that, um, I really enjoy kind of figuring out what my story is, even though there's not a story for the ballet, but some sort of inspiration to get you to think about something that's not about thinking about how tired you are. Um, and so there's that aspect, and then uh, like tonight in Lombarena, I'll be doing uh, a kind of more adagio solo, um, which is equally challenging, equally frustrating at points because you're you're struggling with balance, you're struggling with you know things that just uh, can can make things a little bit harder, and and speed as well. Like you can sometimes um, try to hide certain things with things that are faster because you can't really like notice it but when it's slow it's like oh everyone's gonna notice that I just hopped around and you know so it's uh, it's just a different I mean I'm gonna be great and don't worry <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> okay. it's not often that we do have the treat of being able to be in conversation with a dancer who is also on the program but because Lombarena appears late in the evening um, Joseph said, sure, I can do that, which was, gives us a hint of what kind of an enthusiastic dancer you are. <clears throat> what, um, this program, you are also appearing, not tonight, but um, in Serenade. Are you, have you done a lot of the Balanchine repertoire? You will certainly face a lot of that here. How do you like the Balanchine repertoire? I love Balanchine. I think it's a, it's a real challenge sometimes, and it's also just always a pleasure to dance. I think he was obviously, you know, beyond brilliant, and there's uh, something so special musically that he makes the dancers, uh, whether they like it or not, they have to dance on the music for him because it's just, um, it's built in. But... Uh, yeah, serenade. This is my first serenade, and like it's the first time that I haven't been able to like, that I have to like force myself to not cry because I'm on stage. But it's like it's one of those pieces that it just the music and the the visual. It's like looking at a painting, and and it's just a perfect painting. Is there anyone here who has not seen the ballet serenade? Oh. You are in for a transcendent experience. There, a critic at one time described Serenade as a study in enduring loveliness. I think that's what you will see. My favorite. Um, we want to be sure we do have some time for questions. My last question for you was going to be, what about classics? Do you like dancing the old classics? You get your feel of that here, too. Yeah, I mean, right now uh, we're... Uh 
I was just working on uh, La Bayadere earlier this afternoon, um, and that is, uh, you know, something that the classics kind of offer up the idea that so many people have done them around the world and for so many years that what is, what is it that you can bring to the role? And, you know, that's, it, you know, that's kind of the challenge and also the, the pleasure in dancing roles like that. Let's start with some questions. I'm going to um, call on you and then I will repeat your questions so that our someday listening audience will be able to hear it. So right here on the aisle. We're glad you're here, but right now I'm holding a lost ticket in the, in the dress circuit. Oh, all right. This gentleman is congratulating Joseph for being here. And there's a lost ticket. Is it for tonight? For someone in the dress circle. So if you would, when we finish, bring that to me. And then if you have lost your ticket, I will be holding it or I'll give it to one of the ushers. Um, now, let's see, another question. We'll go with yours. If, uh, when you were in Paris, you said you did a different uh, sequence of shows each night, do you ever find yourself slipping, wanting to slip into the wrong dance, or does the music lock you into it? Great question. When the repertoire is so varied, um, as it was in Paris last summer, do you ever find yourself slipping into the wrong dance? Um, thankfully, no. But uh, it is because of the music, it, and it's because of the setting and the people that you're dancing with. It's you know you have a sort of mental model of the piece, and as soon as you see that modeling taking place, then you put yourself in that. Thank you. Good answer. Good answer. Um, let's see. I'm going to go here. Question about starting when you were three years old. Were your parents dancers? Uh, my parents were not dancers. I mean, they can dance. My dad will show you a good dance at a, a wedding. But um, uh, my sister was a dancer. And she was dancing before I was born. Um, she was like Clara in the Nutcracker. We were in a, like a, a small um, community theater in Pennsylvania. And um, so that's how I kind of started, and she stopped when she was around 18 or 19, um, and I just kind of kept going. Mm. Multi-part question. Um, how did you know at age three that you wanted to be a dancer? And if dancing hadn't been what you'd followed, would there have been something else? Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, I think that there's, I mean, the whole like what I would have done otherwise is kind of like what I'm struggling with on a co continuing basis because it's like, what am I gonna do when I'm done? What I'm, you know, it's that kind of stressed out that's a really stressful question. I mean, <laughs> but uh, no, but I mean, I, I played soccer when I was growing up, but um, I think there was, I remember there was a time when I was playing soccer and doing the Nutcracker at the same time, and there was literally like one game that I had to choose to either perform uh, on, in the show or go to 
the game, and uh, I chose the, the show. And then after that, it was kind of like, I really want to do this. And I saw older dancers in the high school, and uh, I watched many dancers in Boston Ballet, and like, it just kind of started like permeating my life. And my aunts and uncles would ask, and I would say that I want to be a professional dancer. And like, I, I honestly don't know how it, it started, besides like just kind of being in that world and and wanting to be a part of it. Couple more questions. I'm going. Yes, you. Oh, dreaded questions, yeah. but fair. Your yeah. favorite piece to dance and your favorite piece to watch. Um, I really enjoy dancing. Um, I danced uh, like a show of Menon in Houston, uh, which is uh, it's like a, just a really tragic story. You get to da- you get to like die on st- or you get to like be with a dying person on stage. Like all of that drama that kind of comes along with that role, and the it's like really heavy on the male solos and like kind of very lyrical. Um, and I think it brought. Uh, to male dancing, something that hadn't happened before. Um, and watching, honestly, Serenade is like one of my favorite pieces to watch. Great that you could actually come up with. I mean, uh, yeah, that's like answers. just off that's the cuff. Fantastic. But if I had more time to think about it, I don't think I'd be able to answer. <laughs> okay, we are getting down to probably our last question. Yeah. When you're presented with a new role that you've never seen before, how much practice does it take? Um, how much time we're allotted, I think. <laughs> uh, like, honestly, it's kind of, it, it is kind of that situation that, like, you, if I were to have, say, like, a year of rehearsals and I, and I was performing later, like, a whole year away, then I'd probably take that amount of time to like prepare for it, but get really bored and you know like kind of. It's. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think the the time allotted is probably a pretty good answer. Yeah. I'm afraid that we are going to have to wrap up. One of the reasons that we really have to keep to it. I was not paying attention behind me. Okay. We hope that they don't get upset with us, but... How many hours a week are you at work? Um, well, when I was, like, a student, I don't, I don't know. It was, it, was, um, it was a lot. But now that we're, like, contracted, we work anywhere from, like, 30 to 40 hours a week. Fair. Yeah. All right. Now, before we um, actually say goodbye, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Um, you're going to go to the website and catch all of the interesting things that are there and find our podcasts and find schedules for upcoming events and lectures and interviews. Uh, you're going to enjoy this program absolutely thoroughly. Uh, you're going to maybe make your way up to the boutique. You know where it is on the south side in the uh, mezzanine or box level where you'll pick up your lookbook and Joseph is going to go up there and sign lookbooks for you 
he will be your first signature. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to ask you to be uh, graciously let him go up there. I know oftentimes people like to come down and ask and engage our guests in conversation, but if this time you'd really just let him go. And with that, I would like to say, Joseph, this has been delightful. I'm looking forward to seeing more of you this season, and I know as all of them are. So thanks so much for being with us tonight. It's a pleasure. Thank you.